Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. One of the 20th century's uh, great and heroic Christians was the Lutheran theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, he ended up being executed right at the very close of the Second World War upon Hitler's direct uh, command. Uh, he's probably best known uh, for a book which in English is rendered The Cost of Discipleship. Well, I think in German it's simply discipleship. My guest, Ken Craycraft, holds the chair of moral theology at Mount St. Mary's Seminary and School of Theology in Cincinnati. Uh, you can find his writings at the Catholic Herald, and you can follow him on Twitter at uh, K.R. Excuse me, K.R. Craycraft. Good to have you with me, Ken. Thanks. Thank you, Al. It's nice to be back with you. So let me begin with asking, why should we pay attention to Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Well, uh, there are a couple of reasons, not the least of which is that he presents such a model of the uh, the quest for authentic discipleship. Um, as I write in the, the piece in the Catholic Herald, even though he was a Lutheran the- theologian, mm-hmm. he has so much to teach us Catholics about the way that grace works in our lives, the uh, cost that uh, God calls us to endure by taking up the cross. Uh, and Bonhoeffer, e- even though he died at the age of 30, an, an enormous relationship, which you mentioned, but very much Christ the center and ethics. Ken, for some reason, for some reason, Ken, for some reason, you're breaking up on me. I'm losing about 50% of what you're saying. I don't know why, so I'm going to have our producer try to reconnect us. Otherwise, you sounded great. But for some reason or other, there was this uh, breakup. Uh, so we're going to we'll get back with you. Uh, really want to hear what you're having to say. Again, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, one of the heroic figures, uh, Christian figures of the 20th century. And I should mention that in Mark Riebling's book, Church of Spies, the Pope's Secret War Against Hitler, uh, in which he talks about uh, the role of Pius Twelfth in uh, the resistance to Hitler and even assassination plots of Hitler. Uh, Bonhoeffer shows up in that book in conversation with a number of Catholic figures, and it's clear from the portrayal of Bonhoeffer in Church of Spies that he was, uh, was thinking very deeply— in fact, his doctoral dissertation dealt with the idea of the communion of saints. But, uh, but again, he, he died relatively young, and uh, what, I think he was 38, 39 years old uh, when he was executed. And let's see, Ken, you're back with us? Yeah, I'm back. I'm oh, sorry good. about that. Yeah, no, it's okay. Let's, uh, so you're saying Bonhoeffer, uh, the, his outstanding work in uh, Cross Discipleship, um, my understanding, too, is that he had a very high view of the Church, and his doctoral work was on the communion of saints. Yeah, it was called Sanctorum Communio. He did, and, you know, the interesting thing about Bonhoeffer, and I've always, you know, it's it's, it's, it's not a great thing to speculate, but sometimes you can't help but speculate <laughs> what would have happened if someone had, if someone had survived. And yep. I think Bonhoeffer is one of those people, because clearly, both in his uh, his dissertation on the Church— in his uh, book, Discipleship, and in other writings, he seemed to be moving away from a traditional Lutheran understanding yeah. of grace and the structure of the Church and the sacraments, and much more toward a Catholic understanding. Yeah, I and agree. I think that really is the case in, in, in Discipleship, when he talks about this distinction between costly and cheap grace. Mm-hmm. And I've always read Discipleship as sort of 
kind of the death throes of Bonhoeffer's clinging with, with his fingernails to Lutheranism, even while seeing that Luther's theology of grace in many ways brought, brought upon the Church the disaster which rendered it incapable of responding, that is, the Lutheran Church, to responding to Hitler in the 1930s, and led to his being a part of the resisting church or the underground church. And I really think that Bonhoeffer has a lot to teach us Catholics, not just from the standpoint of being a Lutheran, but of saying things that sound very much like a Catholic would say it and not like a Lutheran would say it. You know, he was also very influential on the founder of the Comboni missionaries, for example, uh, among other uh, very, you know, impacts that he had on the way that Catholics think about grace yeah. and and faith and, and so forth. So Bonhoeffer had a gr- has a great deal to teach us, and I, I what, what I put in the, uh, in the piece is that, you know, for Lent especially, because he talks about the importance of, of discipleship and about taking up the cross and bearing the cross and resisting the temptation to cheap grace. And, and he, he, he's a nice guide, uh, as it were, Al, through the, the 40 days of Lent, through the desert of Lent, because he, of course, himself, uh, you know, spent most of his career as, as on the, on, basically on the run from the Nazis in right. the last two years of his life in prison. Yeah, no, very good. Uh, distinguish what he means, uh, cheap grace from costly grace. Does he define it very clearly? He does. And in fact, a couple of quotes from, from the book. He says, cheap grace is, he calls cheap grace the mortal enemy of our church. And here's a quote from the book, quote, cheap grace means justification of sin, but not of the sinner, unquote. <laughs> wow. It is, it is, quote, a baptism, now listen to this, Al, and, and tell me, that, could this have been written by a Catholic? It is, quote, a baptism without the dis- discipline of community. It is the Lord's Supper without confession of sin. It is absolution without personal confession, unquote. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and can, you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, very Catholic statement. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on to say, cheap grace is grace without discipleship, without the cross, without the living incarnate Jesus Christ. And he, he contrasts this with what he calls costly grace, which causes which calls us to take up the yoke of Christ. But it's so beautiful the way he states it out, because he says it's costly because Jesus says to take his yoke. It's grace because Jesus helps us bear the yoke. And if we think about that imagery of bearing the cross with Christ, we're also drawn into what I think is the most profound and important thing that Bonhoeffer says in discipleship, and that is when we are called to die with Christ, we are called to participate in the cross in the same way he did. And I think the most profound insight that he gives us is that that requires us to be forgiving of others. Because after all, that's what the cross was, our forgiveness. And he says, we, he actually says, we bear the burden of others. We bear the sin of others. And we're called to forgive others in order to, to bear that sin. And it, and it, again, for, for, for our Christian lives, it's very important, but for Lent as well, it's, I think it's a profoundly important message. Yeah. Uh, he, he's held up as a, one of the great heroes of 20th century uh, Christianity, uh, and uh, I, I'm sure that he is also well appreciated within the Lutheran uh, tradition as well. But uh, I'm just curious, have, have people pointed out to you that— uh, Bonhoeffer, at least in certain of his writings, really sounds more Catholic than he does Lutheran. I, I haven't seen a lot of people write about it. I yeah, know that, okay. uh, for, for instance, Eric Metaxas wrote a, a giant biography. Yeah, of him and, I, and he does, I read that he when does, it first came out. Yeah, 
yeah, and he does his best to to say, no, Bonhoeffer was not moving toward the Church, Bonhoeffer right. was a solid Lutheran. But even in discipleship itself, he when he talks about cheap grace and costly grace, he brings up Luther, but, but I think it's an attempt to try to save Luther from himself, and I don't think he quite does it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually, what I thought you were going to ask me is about um, some of the uh, some scholarship uh, reading his letters and papers from prison. He wrote, he, he, was ma- he was able to smuggle out through sympathetic guards a great number of letters uh, and, and papers and writings when he was imprisoned. And some of those articles and letters are very, very reminiscent of the Diary of St. Teresa of Calcutta. Remember when that came out, there was all of this hullabaloo about her struggling with doubts and struggling with uh, her, her own a sense of uh, abandonment abandon- of, of God yes. and so forth. Yes, yeah. that's right. Bonhoeffer does. Bonhoeffer goes went through his own dark night of the soul, and but rather than saying that God had abandoned him, he takes us deeper into our understanding of what it means ourselves to be abandoned in the world, in the same way that Christ was abandoned in the world, and yet overcame the world through his death and, and resurrection. So rather than his letters and papers from prison being a diary of doubt. It's a diary of moving deeper into the participation of Christ's own suffering, yeah. both in the garden and on the cross. And, yeah. and I think it's very, it's very comparable to uh, St. Therese of, Cal- Therese of Cal- Calcutta's diary. And, and in fact, I encourage people to read those together, the letters and, letters and papers of prison uh, from uh, Bonhoeffer, together with, with her diary, because it, it gives us a profound insight into the depths of Christ's own sense of abandonment in the garden, when he said very quickly, uh, 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 very quickly in succession, let this cup pass from me, but immediately, uh, not my will, but thine. And, yeah. and that's Bonhoeffer teaches us that in his own spiritual life, but in his writing as well. Yeah. There, there was a period of time when I was still in college a while back uh, where Bonhoeffer was considered to be a model of, quote, secular Christianity. So those, yeah. those passages in which uh, exactly. the absence of God is emphasized, uh, these particular contemporary theologians were saying that he was uh, an a, it, it, he was in advance of the death of God movement. Uh, the death of God movement. Yeah. yeah, that's that's just what I was going to say. Yeah, he he often was was pointed to by the so-called death of God movement people like uh, uh, Althusser and and Althusser rather and. Uh, and others who, mm-hmm. um, who who you know sort of brought up this this whole idea of Christianity without Christ and so forth, but uh, but that's not a, if you read it carefully and and fortunately there have been a lot of people who have uh, uh, very strongly criticized that reading of Bonhoeffer yeah. as not taking seriously uh, everything that he said in those letters and papers <laughs> and 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 digging deeply into what he really meant by that, but sort of wanting to champion him as sort of a secular theologian or a death of God theologian. But that's not really what he was about. What he was talking about was participating in Christ's own abandonment in the world right. uh, through his, you know, facing his accusers and dying for the very people. And this is what's a, another profound insight from Bonhoeffer that we all know, but the way he says it really brings it out. Dying for the very people who killed him. Yes. Dying for yes. the very people who killed him. And, and if, we, if we think about that as, as Catholic Christians, it really draws us into the depth of, of uh, 
the command for us to forgive and to bear one another's burdens in a way that sometimes we 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 don't uh, we don't take seriously as seriously as we might. Yeah, yeah, no, very good. Yeah, it is funny, isn't it? I mean, there are people who take uh, you know again Mother uh, Teresa's at, at times of of uh, her, her sense her long sense of abandonment and not feeling uh, the presence of God, uh, and somehow. Uh, Elevate those as that's that's the real that's the real uh, uh, Mother mm-hmm. Teresa, and then simply that's ignore right. and then simply ignore yeah. her practice of receiving the Eucharist or other things she said. And same thing with Bonhoeffer. Well, you know the real Bonhoeffer is the negative Bonhoeffer or the atheistic no. Bonhoeffer, and completely ignoring you know that, what he writes. No, I I think that Bonhoeffer and and those and those especially in the letters and papers from prison and other writings as well. I think Bonhoeffer is the epitome of that passage in Mark that says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Right. Yes. And, and nobody, who, nobody who tries to criticize Bonhoeffer, especially those who try to sort of hijack his legacy, can possibly understand the pressure that he was under, of course, as a, as a prisoner uh, uh, under the Nazi regime. You know, it's interesting how Bonhoeffer probably could have escaped uh, it's 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 the record is is sketchy, but there's a there's it's there's a fairly good historical uh, historical evidence that a sympathetic guard, the same guard that helped him to smuggle out his letters and papers from prison, offered to offered to uh, to help him escape and to go into exile with him. But Bonhoeffer would not do it because he first of all he had become engaged right before he was arrested, so he right. had a fiance and that was a public engagement, so people knew who she was. But more importantly, his own family. He feared for what would happen to his own family if he himself escaped from prison. So even while he, he, he arguably had the opportunity to escape himself, he would not do it because he was worried about the cost that would be incurred by his family. So again, we see a living example. That's why I said earlier, it isn't just his writing, it's his life. That is such an example for us, for us Christians. And you know, you began, you, we began, you began by asking me, you know, what we Catholics can learn. And, and one of the things that that I said we can't speculate, but certainly, uh, whether or not, whether or not, you know, he was moving ecclesi- in terms of his, his ecclesiastical identification, there isn't any question whatsoever that we can mine deep Catholic thought. Uh, from this, uh, yeah. from this, uh, you know, great Lutheran thinker. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100. percent You mentioned letters and papers from prison, and I assume you would uh, recommend cost of discipleship as well. Yeah, it's just called discipleship under the new translation. The new translation, course, right? Course, yeah, and then Christ the Center is a, is a third one, a very, very good short book, Christ the Center, which I also recommend very highly uh, if somebody wants to read more deeply into Bonhoeffer. Ken, thanks so much. Great talking with you. Thank very you helpful. Well, it's great to be with you. Same here. Take care. Ken Craycraft, uh, it's a really a fine article which we'll have available for you in the uh, Crested Guest Archives today. Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Lenten Message to Catholics.